Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song. Oh, what did we have this week? I, I completely I, I, forgotten already. No, you haven't. Why no, I gotta, I gotta read it, read it off my notes here. All right. Okay, this week, we are arguing over who is the better, I guess, uh, 90s Lilith Fair chick anthem of the mid to late 90s, I guess. It is uh, Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know and Fiona Apple's Criminal. And this was this one was one of yours. So did you uh, want to explain what what brought this one on? Uh, I just wanted to have Fiona Apple appear in an episode. <laughs> that was the reason. And I thought, what is the song that makes sense against Criminal? Mm-hmm. And you ought to know seemed like the right one. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, we were talking about this, and I was a little opposed. Like you had to convince me about this one because I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think you ought to know should be ever matched against anything on well, this show because it's like it's like too big but we did a thing last week where we pitted songs against each other and much with the last week last yeah. episode uh had a result that i suspect will mirror in this episode mm-hmm. and in particular in a way that doesn't make it so it's necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. um but we'll 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 get there it relates to votes versus comments well, we'll we'll see how these turn out. Yeah, I mean, I have I have my suspicions, but let me let me ask you this because I already knew what my gut instinct was because I literally had one song that I just wanted to get on the show uh-huh. and picked another much more famous song to pair it with. Yeah, which was your gut instinct with these two songs? Which which one did I want to win, or which one did I think would win? When you think of, I mean, it's song versus song, man. It's all it's all gut instinct for the most part. So when you when I said these two songs, what was the first one that you said I like this one better? Criminal, easily, no no doubt in my mind. Really, I I've had a very long journey with you ought to know, but I am good with you ought to know now. But it's still not criminal. Fiona Apple is. I was I was on that train pretty early. Me too. I'm so surprised by this. I really thought you were okay. So this yeah. is going to be a weird episode where we agree. Well, I have. Well, I, I, mean, have I don't know where we'll. I don't know where we'll wind up in the end. But our gut instincts. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, this one is obviously like the bigger song, and like it's like if you had to like, which one do I like listening to more? It's easily criminal. Like, but if I had to like, if you said you have to erase one of these from history. I don't know. I feel like the world would go on without criminal, but there would be like a giant hole in the world without you ought to know. That's absolutely true. I think that so the reason why I would pick criminal over you ought to know ultimately is very simple. Well, I listen to you ought to know. And I mean, like a lot of these songs, like I don't know if anybody has picked up on it yet, but there's a lot of 90s tunes that we do song versus song, a lot of 90s stuff. It's very near and dear to our hearts, the 90s. We love the 90s. Yeah. Um, and we love the 90s part due. But anyway, go on. How dare you. <laughs> but, I mean, these are the songs that I listened to when I was a teenager. I remember you, I don't know, coming out. And in fact, listening to Jaggy Little Pill for the first time probably in about two decades, I realized just how well I remember it. Even mm-hmm. the even the, the songs that weren't hits, I remember. But at the same time, title was an album that I listened to incessantly. It Title, was that'd be Fiona Apple's first album, 1997. Right. Uh, well, 1996. I think that a lot of the, the singles hit in 97, but I believe okay. it came out in 96, technically. 
the point is that the difference between these two songs is that when I listen to You Ought to Know, that is a song that speaks to everybody. When I listen to Criminal and Fiona Apple, Fiona Apple is speaking to me. That's the difference. Wow, that is uh, that is not how I see those songs at all. Because you, you ought to know is actually a very divisive song. I can't. But the thing is, I'm. I, I mean, I get that there are people that listen to that song and dislike it, mm-hmm. and I can even understand it. I think that what happens with Fiona Apple uh, uh, with uh, with a you ought to know is that that song is going to be soured very easily if you know somebody who's obsessed with it who thinks that it's about them, and they're right. However, <laughs> they're not Alanis Morissette in the song. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that thing where, have you ever been in that position? I certainly was in high school where there's somebody that really loves that song, and you go, yeah, but you're the other one. You're the one who was the asshole, yeah. not not the good one. You were the prick. And, and then we, used to, we saw this reflected in the comments, people saying that the 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 person who is the singer, the character, or Alanis, depending on how you view it, is not a good person, is kind of mean-spirited and vengeful and whatever. Uh, I think if you felt that way at the time, there's a possibility that maybe you'd never get over it. If you knew somebody in specific that you associated with that song and that person no, that's was, a, an- you know, it was annoying to you. That's, you know, that's a funny thing. Like, almost everyone I know really loves You Ought to Know, but like, if you told them you remind me of you ought to know, that would be an insult. Like, I, I guess. I mean, the, the thing of it is that I felt nothing when that song came out because I'd never been through that experience. Yeah. That's the thing. When we talk about gut feelings, it's that in 1995, I just hadn't been in a crazy relationship. Like I mean, I just well, I, never dumped or, be, or been the dumper, I guess. Like, I, I, I just here's the thing. I, I was always Boy, what a what a weird thing! But like my, my situation was very strange and perhaps atypical for a person who is male presenting. But women would come after me in weird ways, and uh, <laughs> it was because I, um, especially by the time I was a junior in high school, I went to an all boys school, mm-hmm. and if you wanted to interact with women, you did the theater stuff, mm-hmm. and so I was one of the only bisexuals uh, attending. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the, mo- most of the guys that that would go over and do the theater stuff at the sister school were just gay. Right. Uh, or straight and therefore very <laughs> awkward. But me, yeah. as a person that was attracted to both and also was like, I would wear this this um, this schoolgirl skirt. This, mm-hmm. I, I think I could really rock this thing. Yeah. Uh, I was in a very, I occupied a very strange space at the time. So uh, I didn't really go through what Alanis had gone through at that point. Um, self-loathing, absolutely. Therefore, uh, Fiona Apple made a lot of sense to me. You know, that's the big difference between one's a one's a woman scorned and the other one's a woman who is very guilty. It was the scorny, I guess. I guess, but <laughs> but, in, but in a way, I think it's really just the difference between a song you ought to know, which is somebody singing about somebody else, mm-hmm. and criminal, which is a song singing about yourself. Yeah, you're critiquing someone else. You're tr- critiquing yourself. I did not have a lot of experiences to critique others, yeah. but self loathing I had uh, in oversupply. The, the the weird thing is about like these are both their two biggest songs the two of them. Uh, and well, Fiona wait a Apple's, minute, isn't ironic technically bigger? I think it might have made more money at the or or was, let's I think it was say, a hit for let's longer. say in twenty nineteen. Okay, the, the Alanis Morissette song sure. people think of is "You Ought to Know," and it and for Fiona, I have, this is really her only song, her only like giant smash hit that people think of. 
I, I don't think Shadow Boxer or Sleep to Dream or even Recover Across the Universe really count, like we're not you know major hits. So this is the thing, right? Yeah. And, and and again, it, it speaks to the sort of gut reaction. I think that the difference between Alanis and Fiona is that Alanis has a universal appeal. And well, any, she certainly sold a lot more records. Anybody can love or, I suppose, loathe her. Right. But I think that the people that felt a powerful connection to Fiona were a smaller bunch, but the people who felt that connection felt it way more intensely than I think the people did uh, towards Alanis as an individual. I think, I think the song you ought to know has a very, very, very fervent following and certainly over now almost 25 years of it existing in the world and existing in my life, I have come to appreciate it much more over the course of those 24 years than I did when it first came out. Well, let me say, I will absolutely back you up on the, the, the intensity if not the the broad appeal of Fiona Apple of, you know, Alanis Morissette was the hugest thing and everyone remembers her and everyone like really captured, really captured a moment in time. But I feel like people feel like Alanis Morissette was like, you know, that's so 1995 versus Fiona Apple. Her fans are like, she has kind of like slowly faded from being a pop star to being like a cult figure, like, you know, Amanda Palmer or Regina Spector or someone like that. I was talking to a, a girl at the bar the other day who was like, yes, I've, I've well, like followed Fiona Apple. I followed her on her 2005 tour and her two, 2012 tour. People are, are the, the, Fiona, the fans that Fiona has kept are like really intense about her that I don't feel like Alanis Morissette was, you know, I was really into her in high school kind of thing. It's funny that you should bring that up. And yeah. I think that this sort of transitions well to... This is not really a song fact section, but I yeah. think that it's something that exists in the 2019 space that we have to touch on. So you may have heard that, uh, and, and certainly if you don't know, you ought to know, uh, that, <laughs> that there was a thing that happened in 2019 wherein somebody wrote an article called Jagged Little Pill is Actually Very Bad, triple question mark. <sighs> and it was received extremely poorly. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. It, I mean, look, I don't I, I am I'm resistant to use the term Twitter outrage machine. Yeah. But this is a this is a case where someone wrote an article and their the response was so swift and so potent that I'm not sure that it was necessary that one person didn't like re-listen to an album and said, I just don't I don't feel this anymore. Also, I mean, the article is basically I I personally don't feel that it has any value to me anymore. Therefore, it's bad. And insofar as opinions can be wrong, that is a probably a wrong opinion to hold. Because I also, there are many things that held very strong feelings for me. In fact, music in general, <laughs> let's be honest, in my teens and 20s was very potent. And no, once yeah, I yeah. got later into my 30s and as I've entered middle age, uh, it just doesn't quite hold or I certainly not as often have this in increasing and extreme emotional reaction in me other than nostalgia with very rare exception. But to say that that means that an album is bad is maybe not in the year of our Lord 2019 the best thing to do because the the response was so swift yeah. that the thing that really jumps out at me is that A, there's a know your meme about it. Unbelievable that that's that is how bad the reaction was, but more so that uh, the lead singer of another band that I loved very much, 
but never got huge, huge. Uh, Letters to Cleo, uh, the lead singer, Kay Han- Hanley, wrote a whole article for Variety uh, responding to it and responding to specifically how frustrated she had been at the time. So Letters to Cleo thought they were going to get really big, and then Jagged Little Pill came out, and she was very jealous, uh, Kay Hanley, and said a bunch of disparaging things about that album. And basically, her article is... I certainly understand what it is to have disparaging feelings about a thing, but maybe think about why it is that you feel that way. Because on the whole, the reality of Jagged Little Pill is that not just You Ought to Know, but many of the songs in that album, I mean, it's just a hit factory of an album. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, it's iconic for a reason. It's a great record. It's one of the best records of that decade. And it it's interesting that in 2019... Not quite 25, 24 years somebody decided to write that. Because uh, usually it happens, right, on like, a, on like a quarter century or something like that. The fact that the response was so swift and so intense, I think, says a lot. Yeah. I remember like MTV, uh, they were like doing like the best albums of the MTV era. And I was like, okay, well, number one's going to be Nevermind. And like all the, all the major ones were in there. Thriller was there. Born in the USA was there. And uh, I was like, I was waiting for it. Nevermind, Nevermind, Nevermind at number two. I was like, whoa. Jagged what Little could, Pill was number one. Yeah. So what would uh, what would happen if I sat here and said Jagged Little Pill is not that good, actually? I don't know. Honestly, it, it, it's it been a long journey with me for Alanis. I didn't really like her very much for a very long time. I didn't really like Jagged Little Pill very much for a very long time. I've, if I were to write an, a, a, an album review in 2019, it would say, actually, Jagged Little Pill is pretty good, actually. That would be my review in 2019. And I, I remember, like, Alanis was pretty polarizing. There was, like, an all-music review and all music is like their goal is to be like the definitive guide to everything. And their re- response to Jagged Little Pill was actually very negative. And they ended up revising it later because, of, you know, they want to be like the, the critical consensus view. And they are actually much nicer to it now. The one you the review you read on their site. I don't know. It's a, it's a very Jagged Little Pill, that album. There, there's an aesthetic to it that I, I don't have a good name for it. I just call it taking things too seriously in the 90s. It's all just like sludgy guitar and like semi funky bass. It's just kind of like sitting there swimmingly in the bottom. Well, I mean, bass. you ought to know in particular had Dave <laughs> Navarro and Flea involved. Dave Navarro and Flea is actually like you ought to know in hindsight. Now that I listen to it now, that that album, I mean, that song kicks fucking ass because of those two guys. I mean, wow. not not only because of those two guys, but definitely not not because of those two guys. You know, they played their part. Yeah. I- no, no, I mean that song is really is really something. But look, here's I think a lot of people that responded to that Jezebel article. The reason why they were so bothered was that the perhaps dramatic extreme taking itself very seriously, and you know what? I even wouldn't even say that. I think the thing about Jagged Little Pill is that uh, compared with title and compared with I think a lot of albums, not just in the '90s, but period, it's so fucking earnest. That's that's the '90s. You know, we think of it as the irony decade, but a lot of that alt rock stuff is like so serious, like so very very serious. Honestly, I'm not sure these two uh, these two songs would really be part of that because these are the only two songs out of their entire oeuvre, both of them, that strike me as them playing characters. There has been much speculation over whom the song's about, but who gives a shit? <laughs> who cares? Right. The, the point is that when you listen to it, if you've been through it, you get it. 
Yeah. That's it. There's nothing <laughs> else to say. It doesn't matter if it's if it's Dave Coulier or, or Bob Saget or any one of the <laughs> other weird guys that she might have dated at the time. Who gives a shit? Who the fuck cares? It's nobody's yeah. goddamn business but hers. The point is that the song resonated with... At the time, I, I I think because the '90s was still the '90s, it it it, it connected with um, women. But the truth is, and and the reason why I think it still has potency today, is because now, because the world has in some ways actually improved. I think that anybody can get something out of it. You know, I think now you listen to it, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, or or if you don't exist within the binary, if you're straight or gay or or pan or or poly or I I don't know if you're any if you're any of the above if you're if if you exist in any space it's not weird to listen to you ought to know and get it which is nice I don't know I I still think there's something very specifically female about it like I I, I don't think that's true anymore I really don't I I reject that notion just because I think I, I mean, again, and I'll, and I'll say this because of the my own personal experience. I think that we've slowly, slowly gotten into a space where if you're a man and you don't exist on whatever end of the Kinsey scale is absolute straight, you're allowed to be a little more open about it. And frankly, yes, I suppose to a point, um, being queer or gay or, or bi is uh, going to put you in a spot where you're going to relate a little more with a woman if you are a cisgender man or even a trans man uh, or a non-binary person. I don't know. I just think that anybody can connect with it. It was weird at the time when I felt very strongly about Fiona Apple, right, because of the way I looked and how like where I was in that space of my life. People thought that was odd where they concluded that I must be a man who was attracted to other men. And that wasn't the case. That 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 does seem weird to me because like I always got the impression for the entire Lilith Fair crowd was I was like very you know by women for women but it wasn't weird for for guys to enjoy that kind of music. No, like, there was there was like definitely, you could listen to Sheryl and, Crow or Melissa Etheridge and it wouldn't be super weird. Like, I don't know. I to be honest, I think that Alanis and that song in particular the the sense was that that was a woman singing about a man. So if a man was really feeling that way, then he must also have been singing about a man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Go down on you in a theater. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know, I think that people just sort of reach a conclusion right or wrong. I think in the nineties, yeah. that was where it went. Whereas now I think that things have, have shifted significantly in this, yeah. at least in this, well, you know, regard. like I, you can be a woman singing this at a man, maybe a man singing this at a man, a man saying you ought to know how a woman would be extremely strange. It's Alanis being her worst self and, you know, kind of reveling in it, like bothering an ex in the middle of dinner. And, you know, it's it's not odd or anything. It's just like everyone kind of wishes they were just like let loose like that sometimes and just let someone have it if they've wronged you. Well, I suppose the reality is that men are already allowed to do that. So why would you need to sing a song yeah, about but, it? And it's not, it's not funny when a guy... Well, you, you ever see that Donald Glover sketch where he's like, it's like, why do you know all the guys I know have crazy girlfriend stories or crazy ex stories? None of the girls I know do it. And I asked them why. And I was like, oh, it's because if you have a crazy ex boyfriend, you're going to die. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think you ought to know, but specifically belongs to, to women. 
straight women at that or nah you know. i don't think in 2019 that's true anymore i mean yes i understand that it's it's probably significantly less likely for a straight yeah. man to sing the song about a straight woman but i yeah. think that probably everybody else is is going to have reached a point where they can relate a little yeah. bit um i mean i i guess i i mean i don't know uh straight is not really a thing that i can act with so i couldn't tell you that's yeah. the one thing that feels like it's from mars to me <laughs> i don't really grasp it but you know I do think that the song has has evolved in this way that I think that more people connect with it. And, and also, let's say this, because it's existed for so long, I think that people have a certain distance. So now when they listen to it, they just appreciate it sonically. And that's a whole other thing. Oh, man. Like, I didn't feel this song for the longest time. It was way easier for me to connect to that poor schmuck she's singing at than uh, her. In hindsight, that does strike me as maybe a tiny bit sexist because... I hang out at the karaoke bar like whenever I need a drink and you ought to know comes up all the time. And it's like, so that I've listened to it so much from people singing it live. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this song fucking kills. How did I never notice this before? Maybe it's something you have to hear live. Like, cause it's undeniable at that point. And you don't have to be a good singer at it at all. You just like belt it out with as much emotion as you can and you can feel it. And I've heard from people who said they've seen Atlantis live and it's just an entire stadium of women singing along, berating their worthless exes. And it's a, apparently an experience. Sounds great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, to me, that is, that's amazing. And I think yeah. that, that that speaks to the legacy of the song. But the legacy of the song is both that and just the reality that it's good. Yeah. It's just a really fucking good song. And... My trajectory on it was couldn't connect with it, could very much connect with it. And now with the distance of not really being in a place where I have to worry about those things so much anymore in my life, I just listen to the song and say, this song kicks ass. This song is really fucking great. I mean, that you know, it's a pretty it was a murderer's row. They're not just Landis on vocals, just as a vocalist. And that, that is her best performance as a singer, I think. And then also Flea, legendary, Dave Navarro from uh, Jane's Addiction and at the time part of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, although that's not really his finest moment. I was looking at the the cast list and it was like I saw the name on organs, Benmont Tench, who is uh, from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Damn. I, yeah, like he's the organ player for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He's great. He's like the... As far as I'm concerned, the most important member of that band, I was like, I'm, I don't know that the organ p- parts are part the best part of you ought to know. But like, I was like, wow. And for a while, I was convinced that the drummer was Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters because he was part of Atlantis's touring band. But he's, he's actually not on that album. But like that would have been like a super group before people even realized it. Like yeah. it could have happened. Well, so well, that's you ought to know. Yes. Let's talk about criminal for yeah. a moment. Um and I'm going to just say something really weird that has nothing to do with criminal at all, but is the only connecting tissue I can think of. Um, Dave Navarro. Do you know this story? What's this? So Dave Navarro, um, his his thing with Alanis Morissette was he performed on You Ought to Know. That's correct. He was, at one point in time, obsessed with Fiona Apple. So much so that he did a tour or did a show on a tour mm-hmm. that she was at because she was there and wrote a letter to her 
on a mirror in his own blood. She was 19 at the time. Holy shit, man. What the fuck? What I'm saying is, I guess people had some really strong feelings about Fiona Apple. You know how, how dictionaries just have words and not terms? But let's yeah. pretend for a second that dictionaries had terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the term old soul was in a dictionary. Yes. Fiona Apple would be the picture. You know, people in the comments were, you know, saying that uh, if they were modern analogs, Alanis Morissette's vibe would would have trickled down to Taylor Swift and Fiona Apple's would have uh, trickled down to like Lord and Lana Del Rey and other wise beyond their years, teenagers like those. And I was like, yeah, that makes absolute sense. I was shocked to find out she was 19. That was like she did not. She was 18 when they recorded that first record. Yeah. And it's. Stunning. You listen to it now, even. And I was, you know, I was um, I was a little bit younger than that when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed very uh, mature. <laughs> but now, as, as a middle-aged person, I listen to it, and it still seems mature. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's really something else. Uh, and part of that is just her voice. Yeah, she's got that uh, deep, uh, husky voice. But... Another big part of it is just the poeticism. Her as a lyricist, I have to say, hand on heart, I un- I completely understand why people love you. I don't know and why they love Jagged Little Pill, but that stuff is all very on its face and it's very in your face. Whereas I think that there is a nuance and layers to the stuff that Fiona Apple does. Maybe not necessarily so much on Criminal, which was designed to be the, the quote hit. The, the quote hit song which she wrote in 45 minutes. But if you listen to that record as a whole, holy shit. Like there are some lyrics there that are that require some thought, let's just say, to unravel completely. No, I was like all in on Fiona Apple and I, I came to her in the, on the second album with this the crazy long name. Oh yeah, when when, when the pawn dot 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 uh, yeah. I was way into Fiona Apple. I was like, and I was not into Alanis Morissette. I was like, you know, Alanis Morissette, you know, that's for the idiots. Like, and put put that in quotes. I was a dumb teenager. But the uh, Fiona was like the the real thing, the legit, not the, you know, the, she wasn't the former pop star. She wasn't like the former teen pop star from Canada. And for the record, I have listened to Alanis's pre-Jagged Little Pill albums, and they're pretty hilarious. I but, mean, How I Met Your Mother built a whole thing around... Uh, <laughs> yes. Robin Chabotsky as being an Alanis Morissette Canadian type yeah. pop star. Yeah, the one who never went legit like Alanis did. And let me let me say this: Robin Sparkle's stuff is like head over heels better than Alanis Morissette's teen pop stuff. It is awful. I mean, because Robin Sparkle's stuff is very eighties, and Alanis Morissette was a teen pop star in the nineties, and that's not really a thing, and it shouldn't have been. It's all very nineties and. Like early '90s was a very bad time for for music, but yeah, Fiona Apple was the poet, and you know I felt a lot smarter listening to Fiona Apple than I did to Alanis Morissette. There's a quote yeah. that she gave to Interview Magazine, which is "It's psychologically and chemically impossible for me to be happy." <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That comes through, and uh, and as a person with clinical depression, it's very fucking relatable. And so for me, you know, whilst I went back and listened to Jagged Little Pill and was surprised at how much I remembered it, and which speak very well to the album. I do think it's a good record, and I do think that it's iconic, and I, yeah. I, I, I think it deserves to have this honorable place that it has. Uh, the truth is that there is only one record that 
when I was in high school that I would hide under my covers at night and listen to. And it was the Les Mis soundtrack. No, um, I mean, <laughs> I listened to that and Rent also when I was doing musical theater. But uh-huh. as far as records that I listened to really religiously, title was it because I was a deeply unhappy kid mm-hmm. destined to be a, a deeply unhappy adult. And Fiona Apple was was that, was a person I could relate with. You know, Alanis never came across that way because she'd have songs on her albums that were were very upbeat, positive, happy. I listen to her and I go, Alanis Morissette can be happy, I don't get that. But Fiona Apple is just a sullen girl through and through. That's the title of one of her songs. I don't want anybody to come at me for that. That's literally the <laughs> yeah. name of one of the songs off a title is Sullen Girl. Yeah. And so I just deep down... Got it. And also criminal for however much it was actually about feeling like you'd used your own sexuality to manipulate somebody. I think that listening to it, you can get one of two very different reads. You can either take it literally or you can take it sarcastically. I mean, listen, (laughs) I mean, listen, I've been a bad, bad girl. I've been. been I've been uh, wait, careless with, with a, a delicate, delicate man. It's a sad, <laughs> sad world when a girl will break a boy just because she can. You could you could say that genuinely or you could say that very bitterly and sarcastically. And either way is really fucking valid. I, I, I just like imagine her like directly in the guy's face like I've been careless with a delicate man. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and the thing is, either play, way play that you yeah, <laughs> either way that you view the song, it's very powerful. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's either really damning to the self, or mm. it's really damning to the person that you're mocking. And yeah. uh, and I think that that was probably the first thing about Criminal that I really liked. There's a lyric in that song that I always really, really, really connected with, and I still connect with. I um, want to suffer for my sins. Um, I've come to you because I know I need no. guidance to be true. No, it's um, I keep living this day like, like the, the next, next will never, never come. come. Yeah, it's so good, and and the whole lyric that leads up to that is is yeah. very good. But when you're self destructive and and self destructive because you're depressed and you think that you're probably just going to die one way or the other, no matter what, and very soon you will live each day like the next will never come because you don't really want it to. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, the self-destructive nature of criminal was uh, was something that was just a lightning bolt to what I was feeling at the time. So I think for that reason, and and still to this day, now at 39, when I sometimes go through those phases, because as it turns out, um, spoilers, depression doesn't go away. right. I just think that that is, it just speaks to me more. And I can't say how it, how anybody else would feel, but I just, fuck, that song is so goddamn profound in a very personal way. It's like, uh, you know that, uh, you know Bjork? You ever heard of Bjork? Uh, go on. Familiar with, your, with, the, with, with the Bjork How do you there? spell that? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a J in there. Anyway, I met her once at, in Piermont, New York. No, that has nothing to do with it. Oh, that <laughs> did happen. She scowled at me, but... Mm-hmm. Um, she released two albums in a row, Homogenic and Vespertine. And Homogenic is this very big, vibrant, very emotional album um, where everything is kind of out loud and in your face. 
And then Vespertine, she's even defined herself as being sort of like this quiet whisper. And that, to me, is the difference between You Ought to Know and Criminal and Jagged Little Pill and Tidal, is that one album and one song is this big, loud thing that is for everybody with an earshot. And in 1995, that was literally every fucking person on Earth. And Fiona Apple's title is this whisper for anybody who really wants to hear it. And when you hear it, you go, fuck, that's me. Fiona Apple's biggest moment will always be uh, her at the MTV Awards mm-hmm. uh, telling everyone that uh, this is bullshit. This world is bullshit. Everyone, you know, she was a very 90s kind of star in that kind of way. But she yeah. was right. Detect the lie. Where yeah. is it? You can't like at the time. Yes, I think I think I was caught up in the in the public response, which is you ungrateful child. <laughs> but as yeah. an adult, I look back and go again, old soul wise beyond her years was yeah. absolutely correct. And anybody that said she was an asshole at the time, uh, sh- like, I mean, not that she would give a shit, but like quietly in your head, apologize. You were wrong. <laughs> I think she was completely corrective, said the stuff that she said. Yeah, you know, showbiz people don't like it when you do, uh, don't uh, jerk yourself off the the way they expect you to. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and it's not, I mean, everybody does that to a degree. I mean, in and of itself, the music video uh, for Criminal was very uh, controversial at the time and remains uh, controversial. You ought to know is the Alanis Morissette song. But, but the, the, Alanis video, Morissette, the Alanis Morissette video is ironic. Yes, because that, it's 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 multiple hers, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's it's uh it's multiplicity. Fiona Apple's song is criminal, and the Fiona Apple video is also criminal. Yeah. But, the thing is that um she was, and we shouldn't talk about it too much because I don't have a lot to say. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've experienced sexual assault, but I wasn't raped when I was twelve, which she was, and that experience made her feel so uncomfortable in her own body that. She didn't eat. She had an eating disorder because she was trying to remove whatever it was about her physical being that made her desirable to men enough to do what happened when she was a a, a child and like a young child at that. So for her, criminal was a moment in time wherein she was trying to look in the mirror and say, I am okay and my body is attractive and it's allowed to be. Whereas the external view was she's so thin that this is like this. Creepy? It's creepy. It's yeah. it, feel, it feels like a bait in some way. And also that, yeah, it, it, it sort of spoke to that Calvin Klein era, quote, heroin chic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that, and I hope that multiple decades later, we can look and say that, Either way, if you try to define a person's body as being acceptable or, or unacceptable for public consumption, it's like, I don't know. Think of, think of like, I get it. But at the same time, like the, to say to a woman, eat a sandwich is like, is the same thing as saying, stop eating a sandwich. You know, I'm not saying anything new here, but it's fucked up either way. <laughs> I feel, I feel like the things we said about every woman in the nineties is like really coming back to like, it's but, all it's all fucking embarrassing is yeah, what it, it is. If you look no, back on it, you feel like an idiot. No, you know, like I'm just thinking of all like the documentaries we, we have now is like, 
you, what you didn't know about Lorena Bobbitt, what you didn't know about Tanya Harding, what you didn't know about uh, Marsha Clark, what you didn't know about Monica Lewinsky, and so on and so on and so on. We th- throw Fiona Apple onto that one too, I guess. Everybody is going to have their day except for Courtney Love. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Courtney. Please don't kill me. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think eventually you have to look back and 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 acknowledge that we just, you know, and I mean, I think that 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 happens now too. I think distance always helps, but. Yeah, especially because I was so young at the time. Um, I don't. I don't remember being terribly critical of it. But no, you know, I was not. I was not there. For, as a matter of fact, I only know about a lot of this stuff in hindsight. Like, I think I, I was, I think I was more critical. Of, I think I was more critical of Alanis. Let's put it yeah. that way. I like I said, I did not feel Alanis at the time, and I'm pretty sure the things I would have said about her as a teenager do not are not things I'd want to air now. No, same. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I just I think ultimately. Lyrically, I prefer Criminal. I think as far as pop songs go, mm-hmm. You Ought to Know is a little more straightforward and has an ending, whereas Criminal really just kind of goes. It's a lot of do 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 Yeah, they play the Sheik of Araby in there. And yeah. And well, you know, I, I talked about that aesthetic of taking things a little too seriously in the 90s. Fiona Apple's not immune to that, but her vibe is, you know, it's less with the sludgy guitars and the, you know, the wall of feedback. It's more of the, a lot of strings and a lot of, you know, an orchestra in there, like a woodwind orchestra, I guess. Are those oboes or something? I don't, I'm not quite sure, but it's very, uh, I don't know, almost Portishead-y, very kind of gothic. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's just, she was coming from a a, a place that was, Jazz, right? Yeah. Like, she's jazzy, and she came from that because she she grew up in Harlem, and, you know, I mean, so there's, I think it's kind of baked in. Yeah. Uh, whereas Alanis was coming from a very different place, and so when she finally got around to making an album that was how she felt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, beyond saying that she must have been listening to Ani DeFranco and and uh, and Bikini Kill. Who, who, Alanis? Yeah. Yeah, when I finally listened to Al- Ani DeFranco, and that would only been the last few years i was like oh wow alanis listened to this a lot yeah like, no, i i think that well that's i mean and that's not necessarily i, I mean not necessarily yeah. that's not a bad thing at all i yeah. mean that's i mean ani's great and uh kathleen hannah and bikini kill and later on uh uh julie ruin that she did by herself and then latigra like you know i mean these yeah. are these are these are women that that everybody should be influenced by and 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 you can add alanis to that list after the fact you know, that's another per- good person to be influenced by. But it's sort of weird. Like, I don't know if Fiona Apple was influenced by um, Kate Bush or or Tori Amos. Uh, you know, I was like really listening to, to Criminal before I came in here with like fresh ears, like trying to listen to a fresh ears. And I, you know, I talk about how like Fiona Apple was the real poet, but I'm listening. This is, this is kind of like baby Tori Amos. I guess a little bit. Some of the stuff feels like Tori. And I, I mean, and c- certainly her success Fiona Apple wouldn't have been successful without Alanis, first of all, because Alanis came a year before. Right. But as uh, as a woman sitting in front of a piano, she wouldn't have found her success also without Tori Amos or Kate Bush. And and as I recall, Tori Amos never had that like giant smash hit the way Criminal was. But but people, but people knew love. her. I mean, she's 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 undeniable. Like uh, she was a she was very famous, but she never had that one single that that criminal was and certainly nothing on the level of Alanis Morissette and she was like the 
she was like way ahead of all this stuff. The the point is, I don't even know what the point is. The point is, you should also you should also listen to those artists. Holy shit! Yeah, um, because th- um, these women that we're talking about today, who are incredible forces of nature, would not have existed without the forces of nature that preceded them. I want to say the the guy who did the uh, producing or orchestration on uh, on Criminal was a uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name John Bryan or John Brian, but he's like a big film composer now. Oh, is it so? Yeah, you did. Uh, I think he works with Paul Thomas Anderson, as did Fiona herself. Yes, she dated him at one point. Yes. I wanted to um, put a pin in this uh, with one particular modern fact, since we had talked so much about this one article mm-hmm. um, about Jagged Little Pill. Uh, there is one article or one story that became very predominant as relates to Fiona Apple and Criminal specifically in 2019, which is that she looked at the uh, situation with, uh, you know, folks trying to come into the country for many different reasons, asylum and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and immigration Refugees and, all and, that, yeah. and, and such. And she saw that that was not really going great for folks mm-hmm. and thought, here's what I'm going to do. Any money that criminal makes in the next two years, 2019 and 2020, is all going to go to a nonprofit that supports that. Because, you know, if these people are going to be treated like criminals, then my song criminal should benefit them. If they're going to be treated like criminals, then, then let this song help those folks out, which is absolutely fucking tremendous. Bless Fiona Apple, a, an incredibly good person, and is trying to get other people to take songs and do the same thing. And the reason why she could do that is not just because criminal on its own remains a stone classic, but because American Horror Story a few seasons ago um, they had uh, a Siamese twin character sing Good. that song in an episode, and it was so popular in the episode that they then sold the song, that version, on iTunes. Sarah Paulson, yeah, yeah. she was like, I honestly, you know, I, re- I remember reading that on the on the, on the the internet, and I was like, did they do that? Like, I can't remember it at all, because, uh, I mean, you've, you've seen one season of American Horror Show, it all kind of blends together after that. I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a whole other podcast. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's interesting about I think, you know, you had it. I don't know, just kind of stands on its own. But Fiona Apple, uh, as an artist, has managed to really abs- uh, she's been absorbed by a lot of pop media, mm-hmm. a lot of movies in particular. I mean, we could have just as easily play if we had done her version of Across the Universe versus a you. I don't know. Holy shit. Um, talk about <laughs> Those songs. Quite that, mag- the- it's completely different, but that song showed yeah. up in Pleasantville, but then was just everywhere. I think that when you listen to that song, that's probably one of the saddest covers of any song. That's a beautiful song. That is a beautiful cover of that song. I, I consider yeah. Fiona Apple's version of Across the Universe to be the definitive version of that song. I think it's better than the Beatles. I think it's better than Rufus Ram White. I think it's better than anybody else has ever covered that song or ever perform that song, period. Yeah, and you know what? I think uh, that's a, that's a, I think that's a, the consensus opinion. Like, yeah, I don't could, think I'm saying di- anything who bold. Who could disagree? I mean, really, really stone cold John Lennon fans. I guess if you really want to, yeah. or if you really love Rufus Wainwright, which another great performer. But um, for me, mm-hmm. and I think for a lot of people, that song just has um, ripples. Which is uh, which is pretty profound. Did you ever? Do you know there was a television show? Did you ever watch Joan of Arcadia? Have you no, I never watched Joan of Arcadia. Are you familiar with its existence? Uh, yeah, that's the one where she slays vampires. No, uh, okay. you asshole. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, Amber Tamblin plays uh, Joan Girardi, and 
God begins to appear to Joan in different forms Mm -hmm. to help advise her on ways to help people in life. And uh, Joan's boyfriend has a, has a a mother who committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And this whole time he's had a note that she wrote right before she died. And uh, he just can't get himself to read it. And it goes on for years that he just hasn't been able to read it. It's just, it's been this open wound in his life. He finally gets to the point where he asks Joan's mother, who's played by uh, Mary Steenburgen, uh, to read the letter. And it's just absolutely really, really well written. Um, but the thing that really sells it is that they play Fiona Apple's version of Across the Universe as they read the letter um, that this woman wrote before she died, which, like the last sentence of the line is, in a world of pain, you were and always will be my joy. Only Fiona Apple, I think, only her voice could really sell something like that if you're going to have music playing in the background. I think that that's true of that cover, and I think that that's true of Criminal. I just think that ultimately, as much as I like you ought to know, when I listen to Criminal, I listen to anything from Fiona Apple, it just speaks to me personally on a, a way and on a level that almost nothing else ever could or ever will. You wanna, All right. There you go. Why don't you? Now I'm curious to hear some of the comments. We we had sort of alluded to this um, that the comments were very pro criminal. Actually, you know, you said that, and someone said that in the comments. Someone said that in the comments, and that's that, that, why. that the the comments were all, all Fiona Apple. Um, but I didn't. I don't know. Maybe that was early on because I didn't see that at all. It's a pretty even split on the on the comments. Interesting. Yeah. Say, so, uh, Seth Smith writes. You ought to know is just so emotionally raw and powerful that it makes me want to chop off both Dave Coulier's balls and my own. So that has to get my vote. Who said that? Seth Smith. Seth, keep your balls. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but thank you for your comment, and it's and it's and it's well taken. Claudia Shemanska writes, "I'm voting for Alanis because how could I note? How could I not vote for God herself?" Claudia, you're absolutely correct. That is completely fair. And uh, you know what? Dogma holds up. That's my that's that's another weird statement that I'll make. I, I, when you started talking about Joan of Arcadia and, uh, and God and all that, I was like, does Fiona play God? Do they both play God at some point? That would like, have been. A, <laughs> I wish that would have been very cool, dueling gods. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dogma, I still um, I still enjoy very much, and I mm-hmm. think that Alanis Morissette is just <laughs> exactly weird in the right way in that movie. She just really sells it. I believe yeah. I believe that Alanis Morissette could be God. Put it that way. Anyway, yeah. continue. Karen Moss writes, I'm looking forward to your smart-ass comments about how the lyrics on Ironic don't really reflect irony. It's like, well, we didn't get there, Karen. We <laughs> detoured around Ironic entirely. Karen, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but if, we totally would have. If yeah. No. I no, would, no, I, no. It's been I, I beaten into the ground. Yeah, yeah. There's really nothing to be said about that. If I said something like that, yeah. I think that I probably would throw myself out a window because I would feel like such an asshole. There's oh, really there's just no point. And what's the deal Did with you air- know? Yeah, yeah. What's the deal with airline food? Yeah. <laughs> Why do people wear tombstones? I don't. Yeah. I mean, I yes. You're 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 welcome, but we were never going to talk about that. Yeah. Joe D L writes in a time when social and sexual anxiety is so omnipresent, criminal feels very current. It's so seductive and nauseous at the same time. It's like lying on satin sheets and finding cockroaches under the pillow. I love this analogy. This is a great comment. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, you can read other comments if you want. I don't know if there's an award that we give out for best comment, but that's it. And, you know, we didn't talk much about the video, but that's like an amazing video because 
it is sexual without really being very sexy at all. Like, even though, you know, she's a good looking woman, it's so creepy and it's so weird. And it's like nothing you can really identify. But it's like this feels wrong. I feel wrong for looking at this. Yep. I remember feeling wrong. And I was also a child and I still (laughs) felt wrong. Uh, Ranavane writes like I like both songs but I have to go with you ought to know because Fiona Apple has some great writing but I ultimately get lost in the metaphor like she wants to suffer for her sins but she also needs a good defense actually that's a fair point I feel like that no, is a bit of a whole, mixed but metaphor but that's the whole point that's a mixed metaphor does like does she want to suffer or does she want a defense she wants both that's yeah. the, that's literally when you feel really bad about yourself and suffer from depression yeah. you feel both at the same time that's what makes a song good sorry you're both wrong yeah uh commenter i re- appreciate your comment todd shut up you're okay okay this one was from twitter it's just a, from at tech sauce says criminal was impressive from the second i heard it the other is more iconic iconic doesn't mean better I mean, that's ultimately, I think, where I land personally. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing about song versus song is you can try and divorce yourself from the songs as much as you want. But yeah, in the end, you're going to come from a personal space. Yeah. Okay. Michael McCormick writes, and, uh, you know, maybe I I shouldn't say this because I haven't verified any of this. This could be like not true, but it says. I'm going with you ought to know because more people need to know that Dave Coulier is a scumbag who started dating an up and coming 18 year old singer when he was like 33 after his divorce and stayed with her for as long as it was exciting, then dumped her because she wasn't mom material for the son of his previous marriage. Fuck Dave Coulier. Be, uh, speaking of terrible things that happen to you when you're a teenager. Yeah. Dave Navarro, Dave Coulier. They just had bad luck with Dave's. Yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seriously, cut it out. I can't really say anything to that. I yeah. don't. I. I stand by my statement, which is that if Alanis Morissette wants to talk about it, she can. And she she, has not. But she she hasn't. And so it's no fucking business of mine. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I mean, I feel like this has to be not true because like in the song, she says, like, you traded me for a younger version of me, which actually kind of think that she was pretty young. The the call you in the middle of dinner, I know, is the thing that he said. Sounds familiar. that That he had been through. And and she had said that at least at one point that the song was about multiple people and then also yeah. retracted. It's it's so funny because, you know, people will say things and then retract. Yeah. I think ultimately the best thing to just say is who gives a shit? That's <laughs> it. I mean, ultimately, I mean, you can, if you want to, but you shouldn't. All right. And uh, one last one, uh, Gal Hazor. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Gal Hazor writes criminal features. The guy who composed the eternal sunshine score you ought to know features one of the top five worst incarnations of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That kind of sums up which is the better song and which is the hissy fit directed at the operator of Mr. Woodchuck. <laughs> take that. Take that Atlantis and Dave Coulier. Wow. Got him. All right. That's, that's my favorite comment we've ever gotten here. I'd still not. The, 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 the silk sheets and cockroaches. Yeah. I think that's, that's got to take it for me. Outstanding. But they're both good. You get the no prize. I, I'm sorry that we don't have anything to give away. Maybe we'll, we'll think of something later, but thank you all for your comments. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like I had to be convinced to do this because I was, uh, I was like, this is going to be a bloodbath is what I, my opinion of how this was going to go. And you, you sold me on it. So like, let me, let me ask you, what do you think? Like, do you think uh, Alanis won? And if you do, by how much? I think Alanis won. I think she won 65-35. That's my guess. All right, sixty-five, thirty-five. That is our over/under on uh, 
That's my guess. That's my guess on what the percentages were. Let's hear All what right. the results are. With a total of 255 votes to 199, that is a 56 to 44 percent split. That the winner is in fact Alanis Morissette. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. amazing. I think people are more intense about Fiona than uh, that. Well, the thing is that I going into it said that you know because you said there's no way. Fiona Apple will we'll lose hold com- her own. Yeah. Will, will, no, you said she'd lose completely, and I said yeah. I don't think it's going to be as bad as all that. I think that she'll be able to hold her own pretty decently. Yeah, but even I didn't think that it would be as tight as that. That's great. Yeah, I think that really is great, and that's not damning to one song or the other. Yeah, uh, but I will say this: I think a lot of people have already had the chance to go back and listen to Jagged Little Pill because there was this meme that came out because Jezebel released an article about how it's bad? Question mark. And, and most people still have Jag Little Pill like imprinted on their brains if you yeah. listen to it once. But and I, I mean, I don't think that title is perfect through and through, but uh, there are some incredible songs on there that don't really get a, a lot of or any airplay. And I think that they're very much worth going back to. And and when the pawn is absolutely incredible. Yeah, honestly, I listened to a uh, title for the first time on Spotify. Ironically, I kind of didn't, didn't feel I didn't really feel like she'd had it yet. Like she had what she was going for nailed down yet, and I feel like fast. Um, when, the see, pawn. when the pawn is the, the stronger of the her two big albums. I mean, uh, yes, of the two of them, that's a little more accessible. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate there's something that is very mellow in many ways about title. But again, like I said, it's a whisper. It's if you like Bjork's Vespertine, I think you'd probably also connect with title. That's mm-hmm. that's the best analogy that i can make i don't pretend to say that these are great um songs to play on the radio but i think that if you're looking for mood music that's going to make you feel a thing at least for me personally that Mm -hmm. album really really connected and that's it i don't actually have another i don't have a really super profound way to if you're a person with clinical depression i think that you probably will connect with it i certainly did when i was in high school and i don't think that that's changed in in the 20 some odd years since i first heard it yeah, and Jagged Little Pill, you 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 already know what you feel about that one. You can uh, that is the Alanis Morissette album you can listen to. You would don't need to listen to supposed former infatuation junkie, and you certainly don't have to listen to our teen pop albums unless you really need a good laugh. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, you ready for the next one? I am. What yeah. is the next one? Oh man, I didn't clear this with me, but we we did talk about this. Next one I want to do is uh, we're gonna do shares turn back time. Versus Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It. Wow. Yes. I look forward to hearing what people have to say about that because I yeah. certainly don't. I, I will have to think about it. Um, what, I, my, my, what my gut answer is, I will not say. We'll save that for the next episode. I know what my gut answer is. But, but yeah. we want to listen. We want to hear what you think. We'll put the poll up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to say thank you for the new listeners. And I know that uh, uh, Todd put up a thing up on YouTube. So there's a lot of people that are listening to this. This is maybe the first or second episode that you're listening to. Certainly the yeah. first of the standard song versus song, non VMA yeah. uh, thing that we've done. How do, you, how do you do new listeners? So thank you for, yeah. for, for checking us out. And I also wanted to say uh, that even though consistency level has changed over time in, in a way that's positive, this episode comes just slightly after a year since we first started doing this. So if you have been listening to Song vs. Song for a whole fucking year, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, we have a Patreon. If 
you want to give money, it only costs a dollar to get the bonus episodes that we do. We do mm. one bonus episode per month that is for patrons only. So please feel free to check that out if you haven't already. But mostly for the new listeners and for the listeners who have stuck around as we put things out very unpredictable, unpredictably and kind of haphazardly to now hopefully a, a more steady schedule. Thank you very much for sticking around for so long. Yep. First and th- third Wednesday of every month. It's second and fourth. Is it? Oh, it my God. We did first and third last month, so not we're not actually perfectly consistent. That's the reason the VMAs happened. We did that episode to balance out the fact that we had huh. we had kind of been off about it. I thought, oh, we should probably have an extra one so that there's not as long a gap. <laughs> Oops. Oh, well. Anyway, yep. thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Please feel free to, to vote uh, Tina Turner versus Cher. Can't yep. wait. See you next time. Yep.